This is Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Lena. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And Mark is not with us. He's in the bathroom. No. <laughs> Don't do that to him. He's in Belfast. Belfast, so Ireland. He's sipping Guinness and trying I'm sleeping to... right now, but yeah. Well, whatever. We can hope he's sleeping. Yeah, hopefully. But he's now going to come back with all kinds of stories about Ireland and the wrong side of the road and oversized Not being fans. able to understand anyone. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever seen the YouTube video of, uh, I think it's Siri, trying to understand the uh, Scottish? Oh, I haven't. <laughs> it's that pretty good. Funny. Yeah. It, 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 it actually is hilarious because it has no chance of understanding and... It's probably very similar in Belfast, yeah. but what do I know? I've been to Dublin. Once. I told him, <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. You could be in Scotland, and he was like, "Yeah, sorry yeah. to our Scottish listeners." <laughs> well, I'm thinking there's only a few at best. We only have one download in Ireland, so we can bash them as much as possible. You know? Yeah, and I know who that is. You oh, do? you do? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you for your one download. Do more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway. So I can share. We need you to say <laughs> oh, that. that's right. That's right. <laughs> have to say that. Without Mark here apologizing that we have to do it, we don't even do it. So we need you to like, share, subscribe. Yeah. Give us stars. Give us stars, all of that stuff. Come uh-huh. know it. And we know we know that you know it. Now we need you to do it. Right. What are we talking about now? We're still talking angels. But this is our last one, right? Angles. Yeah. Angles. Oh, really? Okay. Well, on this, yeah, oh. yeah. Um, so we we've talked scriptural reference, key terms, their creation. Last time we talked about the characteristics of angels: that they're personal beings, they're emotive, uh, they express their will, things like that. Uh, their their moral responsibility, topics like they don't create, they're not given to marriage, stuff like that. Uh, the appearance of angels, and we talked about how there, there's a distinction between visions and appearances. Visions are, um, you know, they're always seen in their non-human form. So think right. Isaiah 6. Um, but when they appear to humans in the earth, they appear in a human form and always as male. Yeah, so the vision one, what we were saying was we don't know if that's a literal literally what they look like or because it's always done in that kind of yeah, uh, yeah. vision type of thing. So there might be a symbolic mm-hmm. aspect rather than a literal one. But we do know that every time they show up on earth, they're always male and, and always humans. as a human. Yep. And then we talk about various classifications. So the morality of angels, that there's both elect and fallen, bound and unbound, and that bound and unbounds in that fallen angel category. Right. Uh, we talked about the hierarchy, so cherubim, seraphim, there's uh, archangels, Michael's certainly one, very potentially Gabriel's one as well. Um, so we talked about some of that. And you then, still are misspelling Gabriel. Well. E-L, E-L, not A-L. Yeah. It's okay. Gabriel. 
and then other categories that the Bible would speak about them, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, showing that these spirit beings are behind in right. many cases, you know, some of the, these powers and superpowers and things like that. So um, with that, we're going to jump into then just talking about the ministries of, of the holy angels. So not the fallen ones, but these holy ones. So you want to... Yeah, we're, are we going to do demonology? Yeah, after Satanology. After Satanology. Yeah. So that's why we're only going to deal with the holy well, angels correct. right now. Right. All right. So with regard to their ministries, um, the first thing we can talk about is uh, in reference to creation. And do you want to read that passage? Yeah. Job 38, 4 through 7. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? Or who searched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? All right. So the parallelism of the morning stars and the sons of God is important. And we've already talked about the fact that every time that phrase sons of God appear in the Old Testament, it always refers to angels. Um, and here we just see that their role was to praise uh, God. So they were created very, very early in the whole creation, possibly the first thing that took place. Um, and so he surrounded himself with this class of creatures whose singular purpose was to shout praise um, as a world, as they would watch his uh, creative uh, activity. This also indicates that the angels may have been, obviously, the first creation, also an indication for the reason behind creation. Uh, his goal has always been the worship of his name, the exaltation of his name, and we see him being worshiped for his creative uh, nature. Yeah, I even that's got fascinating. In, I got into that a little bit, again, in my sermon Sunday, that, where I preach at other church, because I was just talking about how what is taking place in the throne of God is this continuous act of worship and praise. And it's the same thing. It's it's just right. what what naturally occurs. And yeah. so at the very beginning of creation, they're singing his praises. Um, yeah. And it also shows that he likes to be creative or worship for very specific reasons. One yes. of them being that he is a creating God. Yes. So I'm going to create beings who can now watch me create mm -hmm. and then give me praise as they yeah. watch me cre <laughs> create. In know. fact, again, going back to my sermon then, um, that was the specific reason given as to why they were giving him praise is mm -hmm. for he is the creator yeah. and therefore sovereign and therefore worthy of all praise because they, they would not exist without him. Yeah. Um, Another one in reference to the fall in Genesis 3.24, it says, So he, God, drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. So here he was just simply guarding. Uh, the angel uh, was, was put there to guard the entrance of the garden. People ask, well, where is it at now? It got buried or whatever with a flood. Yeah. but. Um, yeah, we also see them then in reference to the nation of Israel in particular. Um, but we, you know, with the patriarchs, for instance, we see them already in Genesis chapter eight. Uh, we we see them present, and, and they're actually appearing to Moses by the right. evokes of Mamre. Um, so we won't read the passage, but it's an example there of an appearance. Uh, they come as three men as Moses sees them, but they're very clearly understood to be angels. Um, but they're still appearing as men. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, well, and it's also very likely a Christophany there um, because of what John one eighteen talks about as well. So um, that's that's just a really cool study. As you go through Genesis, you're going to see that happen several times. I mean, with the Sodom and Gomorrah and all that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you also have the giving of the Mosaic Law. Uh, this one is a strange one because there's no reference of the angels being present with the giving of the law in the Old Testament. And yet, Stephen, speaking to the Jews in Acts seven fifty three, says, You received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. So, in some way, shape, or form, they were mm-hmm. present there. Yeah. Um, on the international scene, so you see this in Daniel chapters 8 through 12. Possibly the coolest section <laughs> ever. Yeah, we'll touch on it a little bit, I think. Um, uh, yeah, it, but it's fascinating um, on how angels are involved with what happens between nations and what's going right. on behind nations and getting into some of the territorial stuff. But we'll reserve that for a different topic, I suppose. Um, yeah, well, we'll get into some of it with the Satanology, but also... Um, It'll talk about the Prince of Persia, which is a fallen right. angel. Sorry, I'm late. Yeah, I got caught up. Yeah, wrestling for twenty them. what twenty two days or yeah. what? It's like what? What is it? <laughs> yeah, and you're like back that up. I'd yeah. like to know more, but no, Daniel just lets him say that and say okay, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. But but I remember when I preached on that. Yeah. Um, I actually had a few of the young guys come up. Oh, I thought that was just a video game. Prince of Persia. Yeah. I'm like, you dork. <laughs> Read your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put put down the controller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead and do the in reference sure. to Christ too. Um, yeah. So it, so that was you see angels in in, in that patristic time, uh, and then in the nation of Israel, but also a lot in reference to Christ. Huge. Yeah. So, for instance, they predicted his birth, Matthew 1, 2 through 21. Uh, they announced his birth, Luke 2, 9 through 12. They protected him as an infant, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 13 with um, Herod right. and the destruction right. of the children. Uh, they ministered to him after his temptations, Matthew 4 and verse 11. Uh, they obeyed him at all times, Matthew 26, 53, where he says, I can call right. them legions. Mm-hmm. Um, they strengthened him at Gethsemane. Uh, when he's in the garden, Luke twenty two forty three, they removed the stone from the tomb, Matthew twenty eight verse two. Uh, that one's interesting because I've been to some plays, and whenever he comes out of the tomb, you see his little hands come through, and he rolls the to- the the stone over. Are and you I'm serious? Like, oh, really? Except angels did it. Yeah. Huh. Um, Look, if they're going to do a play, they, <laughs> right. let's get biblical. Right. Did you know that I was Jesus in an Easter play? I could see it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the day I got engaged. Oh no! <laughs> Sealed the deal. Yep. Oh yeah. No play on words with the sealing of the oh, deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my now wife of thirty five years as of yesterday. Uh, oh, and she thought you were joking, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she gave me a hug and told me she was so proud of me because I played Jesus well, I guess. And out of my mouth said, "Will you marry me?" So. Anyhow, that's got nothing to do with the angels. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, bring us back. So, so they, uh, they also announced his resurrection, Matthew 28, 6. They attended his ascension and predicted his return, Acts 1, 10 through 11. They will accompany him at, at his return, Matthew 25, 31, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7. And they will forever worship him and praise him, Revelation 5, 11 through 12. That's a significant list of how prevalent they are and yet i think we made the point the first 
podcast, maybe the second, it was one of them, how the Bible is filled with mm-hmm. angelic manifestations, but we we miss them because they're usually kind of in the background, yeah. just they're, they're, they're not yeah. front and center, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. But, I mean, all over the place in the life of Christ. And, and you've got to appreciate what it must have been for them because they weren't privy to the... Right. The plan of salvation, if you will, it must have blown them away to watch him being led away. Mm-hmm. I mean, just being born, well, taken on flesh, right? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. watching him, um, and and straining, straining. Oh, yeah. just call us, just call yeah. <laughs> when he when he said, "I could call down." He's they're like, "We're ready," yeah. and and nothing. Yeah. Uh, what a what an amazing foxes moment. have holes, birds have nests. Son of man has no place to lay his right. head. And they know what the Son of Man is in reference to, yeah, because they read the Old Testament. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's just the whole idea of what they were learning and experiencing there, and and then it makes Revelation five all the more glorious, as John is freaking out because there's no one worthy, right, to open the seal that will yeah. finally bring the righteousness of God to fruition, but there is the Lamb that was slain and now all of this starts to come together for even the angels they're like oh Mm -hmm. um it's Mm -hmm. it's great stuff Mm -hmm. anyhow um going into the uh another aspect is a reference to the prophets and apostles um they're they frequently were used to bring revelation we see that uh again in good old daniel chapter 4 verses 13 to 17 and also in chapter 9 21 to 23 but you have it in Revelation 1.1 as well, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John, who then yeah. delivers okay. it to the readers. So God to Jesus, Jesus to the angels, the angel to John, John to us, to us yeah. which is pretty cool. And I also just uh, throw a little thing because it's so popular. That phrase, the revelation of Jesus Christ, people mess it up all the time and they try to say, so what the book of Revelation is all about is it's about Jesus Christ. Right. It's Christ being revealed. It's not. Um, it's it's the it's the it's not a subjective it's an objective and it's speaking of the revelation that Jesus is giving and then he describes that which God gave him to show and so this is actually book revelation is not just about Jesus it's actually Jesus is giving us the revelation that the father gave him and though, and it, though it concerns him well it concerns him yeah. but it's not all it's not him it's a, actually it's a pretty common thing within covenant theology which mm-hmm. we'll deal with some other day um, angels are also seen to answer prayers um, so, for instance, in Daniel 9 and verse 4, Daniel prays to God, or maybe it's verse 1, I can't remember. But we then see the the angel Gabriel coming to him while he's still praying in chapter 9 and verse 20. Is this Gabriel similar to the Gabriel? Or? <laughs> no. This is Gabriel. Gabriel, yeah. Uh, uh. yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, no, I'm being a jerk. So, so they answered prayers, but they also aided, encouraged, and delivered in times of danger. Won't read all the passages, but Acts 519, 826, and then 27, 
23 through 24, respectively. Yeah, it's very busy. Um, in reference to believers, they rejoice at the conversion of sinners, mm-hmm. uh, such as Luke 15.10. They're involved in a general ministry of service. That's in Hebrews 1.14. They may be involved in conducting the Spirit to its uh, to out, you know, when you die, um, to its eternal home. That's in Luke 16.22. Um, it's a parable, so we have to be careful that we not make too much theology from it. Um, they observe Christian experiences. That's that's a big one. They're constantly watching us. They are. Yeah. Um, and they're there. We're, I wonder sometimes. Don't think about that at all. No. <laughs> Never. I wonder, though, remember we were dealing with the role of women. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Titus talks about yeah. is so that you do not dishonor the Word of God. And I've often wondered if... Part of that is that the angels like that's not right. Yeah, <laughs> um, these are your people, yeah. and they should be of the word. But mm-hmm. again, uh, then uh, you want to read First Corinthians four nine. Sure. For I think God has exhibited us apostles last of all as men condemned to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. So. There, again, we have this idea that they're observing us and and just seeing how God even works with the, with us as people, but also um, how we suffer and fail, and yet God works through us nonetheless. Also, they, they're said to gather the elect um, or will gather the elect at the inauguration of the millennium. Uh, so in Matthew twenty four thirty one, and he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. And then uh, with unbelievers, they sometimes will announce impending judgment. You've got that in Genesis nineteen one, and then uh, in verse 13. Uh, do you want to read those two? Sure. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And then 13, for we are about to destroy this place because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Okay, and so along with that, then they also will inflict judgment. So in Genesis 19, they strike the men of Sodom that are trying to rape them Mm -hmm. uh, with blindness. (laughs) Bad move. Yeah. That doesn't well, stop them, though. It, what blows me away is right. people still try to make that in hospitality. Yeah. Inhos- yeah, that they weren't like Good grief. offering them a beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're blind now. <laughs> um, Acts 12, 23, and immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms Herod. and died. Yeah, yeah, what a... Have you ever read Josephus and his? Uh-uh, no. Have you read him? It's pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. description of of that. Go Eaten ahead. by worms and died. Yeah. Like was it, this it, like? It was just he was. Be- worms came out. of Yeah, him. yeah, it was nasty <laughs> internally. He was basically <laughs> devoured like from Jones within. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bizarre. Uh, interestingly, though, carry out most of the tribulation judgments in yeah. Revelation eight, nine, and ten. Yep. Um, and they'll also act as reapers at mm. the end of the age. Um, in Matthew 13, 39 through 40, and then 49 through 50, kind of a haunting scene. But And the enemy who uh, sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. So just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Just brutal. You know. And, the, and they're imperial beings, you know. Yeah. They're not these little 
fat little babies yeah, on a cloud with, you a, with an arrow, right. fall in love. No, no, frightening. Um, and then in reference to e evil angels, uh, going back to good old Daniel again in chapters 10 and 11, we see them preventing, uh, they prevent them from defeating God's purposes uh, with the nation. So the demonic forces are actively resisting God's will and the angels go in and resist them. And it's interesting because never does the Bible talk about God fighting with the demons or Satan. Right. The only time that God interacts with any of that is at the end, and it just is a great fire from comes from Over. Uh, heaven. And yeah, yeah. and then the, you just see the the cowardice of Satan comes to him when he's in the flesh. Yeah, he, I mean he's not walking up in the throne room and you know, yeah, trying to duke it out. <laughs> yeah, well, and because he knows it, so he sees this is his only chance. Right. And yeah, and, and your sermon series on that was so good though. Um, so he also. Uh, they will defeat them in the middle of the tribulation. We see that in uh, Revelation 12, and they will, they're the ones that will imprison Satan for a thousand years. Now, obviously, we're showing our eschatology there. Right, right. Um, it, but, yeah. But regardless of your eschatology, there, in whatever that means in your eschatology, the angels are still involved with that. Yeah, but I do like to mess with people because they say, well, a thousand years doesn't mean a thousand years. And I'm like, well, does an angel mean an angel? Do, I mean, what, I mean, which words yeah. there do you take symbolic and which one's literal and why? And it's a, a whole hermeneutic that's a lot of fun to poke We'll have at. to do it someday. Oh, we will. Yeah. We will. So you want to give the conclusion? Yeah, so undoubtedly God uses angels much more extensively uh, than we probably tend to think. Um, in fact, they're a very present and real part of creation, but there's some problems. Yeah, there are. Um, and they're just kind of random. Um, yeah, these are the one stuff, though, that people ask questions about. Yeah, yeah. These are like the Bi yeah. <laughs> Bible study questions. Um, so the first one would be, if you know John 5, did the angel trouble the water there in John 5? Um, and it's where there's this pool and they the pool thought of Silo. Yep, yeah. and they thought that the angels would come down and stir the waters. Yeah. So you have all these sick people hanging around the edges of the pool and when the water would move, they assumed there was a angel and there would be there therefore healing. Yeah, if you were the first one in, the yeah. belief was that you would become yeah. healed. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, did an angel trouble or stir the water there? And when you go and read John five, three B through four, I should have put it in here, but um, likely it's an interpolation, um, which requires you needing to understand textual criticism. Which we're not talking about right here. Correct. But <laughs> if you have the NASB, um, maybe it's in other translations, but that the, that's in brackets to right. let you know that it was probably a later edition. So it's likely not original. Um, likely it was a comment that crept in by the copyist to clarify what was the contemporary understanding of what went on with the pool and the water and that kind of stuff. But suffice it to say, they there were Eastern superstitions about powers of bubbling waters, right? You're laughing. Mm. Well, you wrote Etern. <laughs> <laughs> they were Etern superstitions. I, yeah. I thought you meant to say Eaton. And I'm like, what? Never mind. Mm, no. Eastern. Nobody here understands what's going on. We're, we're lo just looking at notes and... I'm not writing this anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, and then in... Uh, but John 5, 4, um, even though it was uh, added likely later, it wasn't a reflection of the current belief right. of that time. Uh, and you see it in verse 7. The man makes there an explicit statement that reveals it was the current understanding of the time. Right. 
Um, but the passage shouldn't be regarded as something you should try and derive theology or right understanding of what's going on from. Right. This is not where, this is not your stopping point or your end all of end all as when you develop your doctrine of angels. Right. Um, Simple as that. What about guardian angels? Um, I'm going to quote Erickson in his book, Christian Theology here. He says, what of the concept of guardian angels? The idea that each person, or at least each believer, has a specific angel assigned to care for him and to accompany him in his life. The idea was part of popular or common Jewish belief at the time of Christ and has carried over in some Christian thinking. There are only two biblical texts that are cited as evidence for guardian angels. Upon calling a child and placing him in the midst of the disciples, Jesus said, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. That's in Matthew 18.10. Then, uh, when the maid Rhoda told the others in the house that Peter was at the gate, they said, it is his angel in Acts 12, 15. Hmm. These verses seem, and that's a key word there, seem, uh, to indicate that angels are specifically assigned to individuals. Um, that's true. And if you want to hold to that, that's fine. But understand, there's only two verses. They're both narratives. Um, it's not instruction as much as it's just simply telling the story. Uh, but there does seem to be a, an implicit understanding that in some way, shape, or form, guardian angels exist in some form. How many of them is a separate issue. Um, you, you can't, again, you've got these two verses, yeah, and that's, that's as far as that's you it. can go with it. Yeah. We, we got another quote here from Guthrie. I won't read it. It's a little bit technical. But so on the question, are there guardian angels? Hard to know for certain, but it does seem to indicate yes yeah. in some way. Yeah. So, I mean, in Matthew 18.10, the little ones there, um, it has a very clear reference. It is speaking of the heaven-bound children of God in some sense. And in fact, the entire context is a reference to Jesus' disciples and the kingdom of God. Um, so it's not about people in general, but it's about God's people. Um, so we can't necessarily infer from that, though, that every believer has an angel assigned to them. That's how we commonly think about guardian right. angels. Like, yeah. I got one looking out for me, yeah. you know. Um, it may be Actually, that I've had people, strangely enough, that become bitter because something bad happened to them, and they want to know what's up with their guardian angel. He, he like, <laughs> dropped the ball. I'm like, there are so many things wrong with what you just <laughs> asked me. And, you know, but the one thing they're not wanting to hear is you may not even have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But go ahead. But, yeah, so we, we do see some indication that there's something going on, though. It, it may be that angels are assigned to guard all the people of God in a general sense. So they watch or guard sure. the church. Um, on the other hand, it may indicate that each believer has one. We, <laughs> we, just, we don't know. Uh, there, there's not a lot of clarity. What we can conclude is that Christians are protected in some way. They do minister to us. And that they are often God's means for carrying out God's, therefore, providential protection of his people. Sure. But that's as far as you can go. That's it. In fact, almost always the, the things that people want to know the answer to are the things that the Bible just doesn't give an answer to, um, which is always frustrating when, as a pastor, you're trying to explain. Because it's like, you know, there's so many things you really need to know and you don't know, but you're worrying about the things that aren't for you to 
really know, but that's just a pastoral wine. I will say, though, that there is always that one child in your family that should have died many times for how foolish they are. (laughs) Which one is yours? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. well, we, like, we, there has to be some protection going on for this child. There was always a standing joke um, as a cop that God looks out for fools and uh, cops. <laughs> that was that was the term because, um, but but and and people thought I had a partner who was a Christian. He would tell me, "Yeah, we, our guardian angels were looking after us." Because mm. there were just so many times where you come around the corner and it's like, "Wow, should I should have over. just died then." Yep. And but. Yeah. yeah. So what about does angelic ministry continue today? Um, yes. I mean, that's a simple answer, Why? yes. Uh, I mean, because in <laughs> Hebrews 1.14, one of my wife's favorite verses is, are, are they angels, meaning not all ministering spirits sent out to render services for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. Actually, this is not the verse I was thinking of. Um, here, the, the term for ministering is a present tense participle showing an ongoing, present, continuous type of action. So we have no reason, in other words, to rightly conclude that they ceased in some kind of a capacity. Uh, they're just another aspect of God's creation that he expects to faithfully carry out their tasks as he gave them as a form of worship. Yeah. So they're active. They're they're doing things that we have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're frightening as all get out. I mean, like in John, uh, John sees that one in Revelation. Mm-hmm. He falls down mm-hmm. to worship him. Yeah. You know that it must have been an amazing looking yeah, angel. Yeah. <laughs> but and, but they're ministers, right? And and it's that it's the theme of the Bible. You're given strength and power, but for the purpose of serving. Right, right. Um, and so that's. That's the doctrine of angels. So you've got a pretty solid uh, sense in these um, podcasts as to what it is. We'll deal with Satanology next, and we'll follow it up with demonology. So those should be hopefully interesting uh, yeah. to everyone. Yeah. So until then, make sure to tune in, join the conversation, let us know what you think. Don't forget to like, comment, share, rate, and review, and tell all your friends.